Hello everyone and welcome to Talking TESOL. This is the official podcast of the TESOL Resource Center at Concordia University where we discuss all things to do with teaching English as a second or additional language. For those who are not aware, the TESOL Resource Center creates resources for students transitioning from their studies to the teaching field. We have a mentorship program, a Moodle page filled with curated resources such as toolkits for subbing, job hunting, and teaching abroad, and of course, we have our own podcast, Talking TESOL. On this podcast, we interview B.Ed. students, faculty, alumni, as well as other experts in the field, and this is in order to highlight the different stories and perspectives of those in our community and broaden our collective knowledge. I'm your host, Sivan, and welcome to the show. So one of the wonderful aspects of the B.Ed. in TESOL is that we get students from varied backgrounds. Not everyone is coming into the program straight from CIGEP or high school. Rather, many students make the choice to pursue teaching after years and an entirely different career. These students have unique perspectives and life experiences that make them such a valuable addition to the program, and we are lucky to have one of them joining us today. Reagan is a fourth-year TESOL student. From an early age, he wanted to be a teacher. However, he was not encouraged to pursue this path. Instead, he started working at 19 in various other fields. Reagan has worked for hotels, travel providers, as well as in corporate settings with one of the highest grossing companies in Canada before he finally began his teaching degree. He made the conscious decision to save up to pursue studying full-time and is now nearly finished with his teaching degree. He is joining me today to talk about his trajectory, his experiences in the B.Ed. as a mature student, and the importance of strong male figures in education, amongst many other topics. So hi, Reagan. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, uh, thank you. I'm uh, very excited to, to be here. Let's talk about your trajectory, because you have a very interesting one, right? It's not the typical, you know, go to high school, and then maybe from high school in another province, you start TESOL or CIGEP, and then you start TESOL. Let's talk about that trajectory. So you told me that before this, inter- you told me before this interview that you wanted to be a teacher from a young age, but that you you didn't ultimately pursue that path. So the first question is is kind of twofold here. So first, what drew you to teaching in the first place, and then also why do you think that no one pushed you to pursue that dream? So basically, why I want to be a teacher? It's it's been a dream of mine since I was a kid. I grew up. Idolizing martial artists because I've done martial arts all my life. Um, judo is my sport. It's as much as me as my skin and my bones and the blood of my veins. It's very important to me. And the founder of judo, Jigoro Kano, he was an educator. He was a teacher. And he was part of the ministry um, educational system from 1898 to 1901. And he created judo for education purposes to make people into better human beings. Growing up, you know, I when when you're training, you idolize sometimes these martial arts, these fighters, for example. But you want to know, I want to know who who are their teachers, who who taught them, who who brought them to where they are, and that influenced me a lot because a lot of these uh, individuals that I idolize were actually very good people. For example, I mentioned Jigoro Kano, another individual, Flavio Canto from Brazil. He he's uh, a legendary because he's um, a medalist in the Olympics, but they also teach underprivileged children. Mm-hmm. And I feel that education is very, very important. And I got to to train a lot with very high-level individuals, but they're teachers at the same time. Yeah. It was always something in the back of my head. Yeah. But I didn't really have the financial backing and also sometimes the drive at home mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because sometimes you're shaped by the people that you're around. Mm-hmm. And mostly in my family, it was mostly... Go to work, uh, make money, get a good salary, and that's it. For example, I'm prob- I'm the only athlete in my family. I'm the only one that really wanted to be more ambitious, be more than what they are, go beyond who, who they are and what was perceived for them. Mm-hmm. So this this was always in the back of my mind. Even mm-hmm. though I did start to work early at 19, I always had that dream. So I I decided to to pursue teaching because... I had the, the means to do it. So I was able to get a very good job mm-hmm. in a corporate environment. And from the offset, I had a plan. I said, 
I got advice from a coworker who was studying finance at Concordia. Mm -hmm. And uh, he told me, listen, if this is your plan and this is what you want to do, even after all these years and you still have this idea in your head, set aside the money because you're going to need it. Mm -hmm. So with every check, every pay, 20% would go into stocks yeah. in the company. Uh -huh. And it's a company that's based in technology. So technology back from, for example, 2000. 2012, 2019, mm -hmm. it was booming. Right. So I made enough money in stocks to study full-time from 2019 until now. That's amazing. Fall 2019 until now. So wow. to pay for tuition, pay for my rent, uh, food, electricity, internet, my bills, training, everything. So I planned ahead. I knew where I wanted to go. Yeah. And I sacrificed a lot, you know, and it's, it's paying off, almost done. Yeah, no, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, Congratulations for you. really, you know, putting in the work. And I imagine also that makes you really, really appreciate and try to soak up everything in the program when you've worked so hard to get there. I spoke to, for example, very close friends, my sensei. I, I told them what my plan was, you know. Mm -hmm. Sensei is, is teacher, by the way. <laughs> yeah, sensei yeah. is teacher. It's, it's my master, you know. Yeah, And um, for judo. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he always said, in life, you can make a champion on the mat, but more importantly, you should be a champion off the mat. So decide mm -hmm. to do something that's going to put value into a community, into who you are, into giving back to people. Yeah. I always wanted to do this because I thought that with language, you can go very far. That's amazing. Wow, I really admire that so much. And you know what's interesting is that, so you, you come from this judo background. You are not the only person I've interviewed who also came to teaching from a judo background. Really? Yeah, you should, um, if you haven't, listeners, you, you guys too, like if you haven't listened to the interview with um, Gonzalo, who is, he's an alumni of the Tesla program. He's been teaching in high school for four years. He also actually moved to Montreal for judo originally. So it, there's an interesting link there, I find, between... Yeah judo and then transitioning into teaching well in martial arts in general because martial arts in general it's very uh technical mm -hmm. and it's very um theoretical mm -hmm. just like teaching for example grammar mm -hmm. or teaching techniques and controlling a classroom classroom management yeah it's very very similar yeah of course i can't throw the kids uh, <laughs> i can't keep on kids out the window but because yeah. no that's That's not too nice. But, you can't, uh, do, you can't no, do that. Yeah, no. I can't do that. Maybe, maybe you want to sometimes, but, yeah. you, but, you, but you can't, you know. <laughs> but there's a lot of similar, similarities that, that are there. And mm -hmm. it prepares you mentally. Yeah. Like really, again, another, another quote from my master. He always said, if, if you did judo, mm -hmm. anything in life will be manageable and easy. Wow. We should all start doing judo. <laughs> that, that makes me want to start doing judo. <laughs> Sign up for my class. Yeah. Do you teach judo uh, as well? No, no. Since I, I don't teach, but mm -hmm. um, when I finish my degree, mm -hmm. probably, um, yeah, probably I, I will look into maybe teaching the kids yeah. of the school that I'm going to be at. That's so cool. Yeah, because I want to integrate teaching also with sports because I find both of them are very important to shape kids, mm -hmm. you know. That is really, really fascinating. Oh my God, that, that's that's so cool. Yeah, and I totally, I definitely see the link. It's funny, I did yoga for, and I, I like trained as a yoga teacher as well for many, many years, and they are not, <laughs> they are not exactly the same, of course, but there is definitely this component of consciousness and discipline. Yeah, for you sure. You know, that every move, every move you're making, you are very conscious of your breathing and you're very conscious of every minute movement and i find also oh i'm loving this yeah. discussion already I, i mean i find also with with teaching you know there's a certain level i mean certain level there's a, a huge component of it is is this alertness and consciousness when you're in the classroom you know yeah it's the same thing when, when, when you're on the mat you need to focus mm -hmm. you know you have to you will never really see a successful dumb judoka because you have <laughs> interesting yeah, yeah because you have to Be very um, sensible to everything around you and also yeah. think fast, almost like if you're in a classroom. Yeah. Because things could change, drop of a hat, right? Let's oh, just totally. say you have a lesson plan and it's not working out. Yeah, so you, yeah. you need to be able to shift to something else. Yeah. Uh, you see that the, the activity 
kids they're really not feeling it you yeah. need to be able to have something prepared and yeah it's it's there's a lot of similarities a lot yeah that makes me think of uh okay this episode uh, as of today is not published yet but um there's a, there's an interview coming out soon uh with uh, a colleague of mine who obviously she's yeah she's also a teacher and she talks about how she had to teach a class last minute she had no materials it was literally a minute before the class all she had was in the classroom there was there wasn't even markers there wasn't even anything to write with all she had were two paper plates <laughs> that was all she had and she managed to teach a class with two paper plates that's a good teacher yeah isn't it amazing <laughs> that's a good teacher it's crazy yeah so um okay so just to go back to to this this trajectory of yours so uh from my understanding you it, it was something you always wanted to do was to go back to or not to go back but something you always wanted to do was to was to teach it was always in the in the back of your mind yeah. that as you're in another like the corporate setting yes. teaching was always there yes yeah yes because even when i was in the corporate environment um when they had certain aspects of the job i would actually ask to teach them yeah so it was all, what do you I mean would, yeah so let's just say if you have someone that was on maternity leave or uh, on a sick leave for, let's just say, an extended amount of time. Mm -hmm. You're not going to remember really how to do your administrative duties and things like that, right? So mm -hmm. um, there's a program where you can go ahead and teach the, the, the person mm -hmm. or uh, give them a refresher. Mm -hmm. So I would practice doing that, you know, because yeah. I still had I still had this dream in mind. Yeah. And also, um, I have a good friend of mine. He has... a uh, two degrees from from another university mm -hmm. so when we're always together and, and is always talking about oh i'm doing this project and that project it gives you the itch you know to mm. say okay i want to go into this too and you're having these conversations and people are telling you you should go you should pursue your dream you should go to university why why are you wasting your time you know yeah go and do it you know you're smarter than than where you are go ahead and put your talents to there and um i had a conversation one time with uh, a friend and and she it was, it was really funny. She wasn't saying specifically to me, mm -hmm. but was saying, you know, you can tell when you're speaking to someone that went to university Oof. because of the the kind of conversations and language that they have. And oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and it hit me. And, and I didn't think about it for a long time. But after, let's just say, one year mm -hmm. in TESOL, mm -hmm. I remember that conversation that we have. And, and it's true, actually. Hmm. Because there's a sensibility that you that you develop and 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 uh, an intellectual is it critical thinking? Yes, critical critical thinking. Yeah, I don't know, an intellectual level that's that's raised hmm. because you're so integrated into learning that you're a sponge hmm. and you're kind of like you're learning how to learn in a particular way in that kind of setting. Yes, and hmm. also you're you just go back and. When you have conversations with 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 those that have, you know, have have had degrees, mm -hmm. you're able to relate more now, hmm. and you're able to get into big, better conversation than if not. I'm not saying that okay, if you don't have a degree, you're not smart, but there is a difference. I find. Well, there's there's value to having a degree, and and this is kind of an interesting conversation because it makes you think of what what's the purpose, what's the purpose of getting a degree? Because I think now. The trend is, and at least I hear this a lot, is you, you don't need a degree. Like you, you don't need a degree. I hear, I hear this a lot nowadays, and I think people say that because it's very unattainable. It's becoming more and more unattainable to get a degree. It's becoming, well, I wouldn't say necessarily here in Montreal, but I mean, a lot of we get a, a lot of the states culture yes, influences yeah. us in a big way, you know. And so there's this push against getting a degree. But it, it makes you think, okay, what's the actual value in it? Because people I hear all the time, people are saying it's just a piece of paper. It's just a piece of paper. But there's I mean, contrary to that mm -hmm. because you decide what you want to study. So if you decide to study something that is not relevant, that it will not bring you to a certain level in life, mm -hmm. it's not the degree's fault. Hmm. You chose to do that degree. So what are you going to do with it? There is no negative aspect or, ne or anything that can come back to you with getting an education. Right. Education is the highest level of... Um, actually, I'll give you another quote. Another judo quote. Sorry. Mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. a judo podcast now. Um, <laughs> yeah, the title of this is going to be judo and teaching. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, Jigoro, maybe. <laughs> the creator of judo, Jigoro Kano, he said that 
the greatest thing under heaven is education. Mm, that's beautiful. So there's there's no way that education is a negative. Mm-hmm. The more you know, mm-hmm. the, the the better you are. I think that's so that's so beautiful. So you answered a few of, of my other questions already, but but just one thing I I, I want to touch on a bit before we move on is. Was there a defining moment, say, at your job? Was there a moment when you said, okay, I'm ready to start the degree? Was there some? Was there a defining moment? Or was it something that you worked towards and then when you had the money, you said, okay, now I can? Or was there something that happened like at your job? <laughs> no, nothing really happened. I try to always avoid conflict. I'm, I'm, I'm a very relaxed guy, you know. No, it was just a timing. Yeah. When, it, when the time was right, when I had enough saved up. Yeah. And I was just fed up. And I, and I said to myself, time for you to go and contribute to life and go ahead yeah. and, and start your degree, you know, mm-hmm. because it was time. Yeah. I, I wanted yeah. I wanted a change in life. Yeah. I, I wanted to go ahead and pursue my dream. And yeah. I had, I, you know what? No. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to rewind a bit. Oh, I, yeah. Because I yeah. hadn't, I actually did have, have an epiphany once. Talk about the epiphany. Uh, you know, like they say, come to Jesus moment. Yeah, yeah, for but, sure. But it was about Jesus, actually. Oh, my God. Tell me your, your come to Jesus moment. Yeah. So yeah. I thought about it. I said, when when I'm 99 years old, still around, because anyone knows me, I'm, I'm, I'm always very healthy. If you can see, jet black hair, I have no grays, I have beautiful <laughs> skin, always in shape. I, I, I look 24. The, the, yeah. Okay. Here's Yeah. We should, we should say that. This, this guy... Reagan looks 24, but Reagan, how old are you? Can you say for the listeners? I'm very old. <laughs> I'm very old. I started this program in, in, in my... Uh, late In his yeah, late yeah, 30s, yeah. yeah. Oh, 30s, boy. So. Okay, yeah. So, no, but but the you would not think it looking at him. Thank, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had that moment and I said to myself, do I want to contribute in life? Do I want to do something better to help other people? And, you know, I grew up in a Catholic family and I think that um, it's very important since since I, I, I am religious and I think that it's important to contribute and do something good mm-hmm. in life, you know, mm-hmm. because Christ died for me. So for if I could do one small thing to be like 1% as, as cool as him mm-hmm. and just help people, mm-hmm. that's my trajectory, you know. Also, another good story, actually. Yeah. My grandmother, I I admire my grandmother a lot uh, because uh, my grandmother, when she grew up, it was like in South America, there was a lot of a lot of prejudice, right? Mm-hmm. And um, my grandmother had nine kids, and wow. one day she was walking home from the market. You know, one of those outdoor markets, like yeah, the, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, where where in South America? If you don't mind me asking, uh, this was. I'm not sure. It might be in Venezuela. I'm in Venezuela? Sure. Yeah, okay. Sure. Uh huh. So she was walking home from the market and she saw a, a kid abandoned. I said, where are your parents? Kid doesn't know. Okay, you're coming home with me. You're my kid now. Oh my God. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And, and it, it just goes to show that, you know, you have to have a heart to help some kids that don't have the kind of role models that they should have, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's one thing that influenced me a lot as well. Okay. So, let's let's go back to to this timeline here of your trajectory. So, so why why did you decide Concordia and and tell me about that transition back to academia? So Okay, yeah, perfect. So, what what was what was that like for you? Okay. So, it was well, first of all, why Concordia? Because mm-hmm. Like I said, I had a colleague and he was studying finance in Concordia. Mm-hmm. So I asked him about it because I wasn't sure about the universities. You know, you know about Concordia, Miguel, all the others. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. He didn't know too much about language. So he told me, do your research, you know. So mm-hmm. I do my research a bit. I did the old school thing, people. I called to get more information. People it's still call better. each other. No text. It's always better. Yeah. So I called, got information. I asked other Concordia alum that I actually knew. Then I compared with uh, a friend who was a teacher, but he went to McGill. Mm-hmm. So I asked him about his experience. I really did my homework. Yeah. And I asked another friend who has two degrees, but he went to Université de Montréal. Mm-hmm. So I kind of compared. One thing that I noticed is that I had done a TEFL and TESOL uh, certification mm-hmm. from Oxford Seminars. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, now I want to go to university to get my degree to go along with these with these two certificates, mm-hmm. what do you recommend? Yeah. Just in case I want to go have an interna- international career, they told me right away Concordia. There's no there's no question. Go Concordia because apparently internationally 
they prefer Concordia students. Yeah. That's so, that's interesting. Well, I think one thing about uh, Concordia is that, like, you you kind of start teaching almost right away. Yeah. Like, pretty early on, yes. you, you are really thrown into it with the internships. It's a huge part of the, the program. I know for a, for a lot of people, that's a big draw. I enjoyed, I, I love my internships. I know we were going to talk about that talk a, about, a bit yeah. later, but yeah. I love my internships. It, it, it was amazing. It, it, it really was. But going back to, to what I decided. So, yeah, and going back to academia. I yeah. mean, just that transition from corporate to academia. So I won't lie. Mm-hmm. I was scared. I was nervous. I was afraid. And some people say, oh, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm a tough guy. I'm not afraid of anything. That's the opposite. I'm afraid of everything. But and the reason why I'm afraid of everything is that when you're afraid, that means that you don't want to lose. You you have a fear of not living up to your expectation. You have a fear of failing. Yeah. So when you when you are afraid, your sensibility is open. You 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 know exactly what's around you, and and you are like you're like an animal in the forest. So whatever comes from your back, your side, whatever, you're ready for it, you yeah. know? So, And also, you know it's important. That means you're doing something important if exactly. you are afraid of failing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's when, you, when you have those butterflies in your stomach, it's because it's important. If, for example, the first class I stepped into, mm-hmm. good Lord, I was nervous. You have no idea. If I didn't have those butterflies, that means I didn't care. I mean, I'm glad you're saying that because sometimes people don't want to admit that... It's something very, very scary to go back to school. Fear is good. Fear is good. Fear is good. Yeah. <laughs> Fear is good. Okay, and then what about so you know you went back to school in in your thirties. Yeah. So what was that like to be going back to school as as a mature student? This is the term we use, mature you know, as, as a mature student. You know, like talk about. Yeah, getting back into the rhythms of academia, maybe the relationships you had with your professors, the relationships you had with your peers. What what was that like? First thing, I didn't have to wear fancy clothes anymore. I can wear jeans and a t-shirt. That was more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't have to iron shirts. Oh my god! So uh, that was a plus. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was exciting. But there is difficulty. So anyone that's listening to this, you know, they should know that it's going to be a very, very fun experience because you're going to meet so much people. And you know when you're already in your 30s, you already have your lifelong friends, mm-hmm. but you're going to meet people that are going to become very important to you, that's going to be very special to you, and you're always going to remember them. You know, maybe you don't talk to them every day, mm-hmm. but they're going to be your close friends from now on, mm-hmm. and that builds a strong kingship where if you have a problem, you can go to your fellow students yeah. For example, sometimes I I mess up on my dates for assignments. Okay. Yesterday, a friend she she sent me a message. She said, "No, no, no, it's not this date. It's the other one." So yeah. you know, sometimes having those friends it saves you and helps you out. You know. Oh, totally. Your su- um, your support system. You know. Yeah, your support that. system. Exactly. Yeah. So you have a support system. You have mm-hmm. like a pack. You know. Yeah. But there is some things that you should be aware of is that mentality is it's you're gonna have a clash sometimes mm. because if you compare someone in their 30s to someone that's maybe early 20s yeah your ideology will be different yeah like did you feel a generational difference between you and your peers at times i felt that they didn't because they think i'm one of them okay but uh because well, you look like yeah more, you know? <laughs> yeah so uh-huh. i felt it and I got advice, like I was telling you earlier, my friend that's a stand-up, you know, and teaching is like, teaching is almost like a stand-up. Yeah, so so for the listeners, Reagan has a friend who is a stand-up comedian. You know, that's so funny. I've always thought that too, that teaching is, is kind of like stand-up comedy. It's, it's a performance, you yeah. know? It, yeah, when, when mm-hmm. I did my internships, mm-hmm. I, felt, I felt like if I was looking at my friend perform, mm-hmm. it was really, it was very strange. Mm-hmm. But he said, listen, there's a generation gap. So be quiet. <laughs> don't, if there's some things that you don't agree with, just hold it in and just do your work, get your good grades, maintain relationships. And yeah, that's what I did. Cause sometimes your ideal ideology is going to clash because there's some things that you don't believe in that others believe. And sometimes the maturity is not there to exchange ideas. So it's better to avoid those kind of sticky situations that you don't want to get in, you know? It worked out, you know, you, you, you become professional and you become to know how to speak to people and get assignments done and, cause you have to think of a bigger picture, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the greater, uh, good of why you're there, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had maybe one or two disagreements, but that's it. That's not a lot, I find. 
the rest now I, I there's so much of those people that I think I'll always talk to for until you know that's fantastic like you feel like you've made life long friends like yeah, friends I do. who are that, I, that's fantastic yeah, I do well, and what about with, with your with your professors Kessel? <laughs> yeah oh boy okay this is gonna yeah. be good like like did you have did you have really good relationships with them did you find that because you're coming to the program as a mature student did that do you find you had a kind of different relationship with them than maybe some of your peers did or what do you what do you think teachers i always see them as really your teacher so i will never call a teacher by their first name i always say teacher or professor i feel that you have to have that respect you have to always maintain that respect there's a lot of them that were very very instrumental in my success and do you want to give some names oh shout for out, sure shout out to for some sure. amazing professors for sure and i'm not even yeah. gonna pretend because yeah <laughs> okay so ed griffith yeah he was the teacher for grammar for 231 mm-hmm. this man made me fall in love with grammar amazing before i was so afraid i really didn't like it but he made me fall in love with it when i had issues i would email him and he would be very, very respectful and very comforting and helpful. Yeah. I'll never forget that. I really, really will never forget that. Mark, oh, I feel bad saying their first name, but uh, Mark McAndrews. Oh, Mark McAndrews was a guest on the podcast. He's the I, man. I adore him. Yeah. He's the man. Like, yeah. I, I don't care what anyone says. He is the man. That yeah. He is really a role model yeah. for not, not only a teacher, but as a man, because he has a great family. The way that he teaches is, is, is impeccable. He's a kind soul as well and he's hilarious and he's funny he's really hilarious <laughs> yeah uh, mm-hmm. and so is ed they're both fantastic. oh they're super funny they're yeah super, uh heike newman oh heike also a guest on the podcast yes she came to talk about uh, assessment yes yes um her class it was really difficult it wasn't my best grade but that's totally my fault because you know it's uh it's a difficult class but i actually love the class I find that her teaching style was amazing. Mm-hmm. Some of the activities that we did in class, I actually did them in my high school internship. And mm-hmm. and, and the, the kids, they loved it, you know. She's a really good teacher. And when I had problems, uh, questions, her information was so clear mm-hmm. and so transparent. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the education side, Saul Carliner. I remember I had an okay, online yes. class with him. Mm-hmm. He was he was really good. He was really funny. Amazing. Um History of English and phonology, Jerry Cruel. Okay, uh, he always forgets me when I'm in his class. <laughs> he always forgets that I exist, but I have to say that he's a really good teacher. He's a very nice person. Mm-hmm. And I really, I, I really like just him as, 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 as a man and as a teacher, you know? Mm-hmm. And he has a good sense of humor too, but, mm-hmm. but, but you need to understand it. But he, <laughs> his exams are tough though, but, uh, it, it was, I mean, but that's, you respect that, you know? Well, for so, sure. So you yeah, have, you have sure. to work. That's what that for means, sure. you know? You got to work. No, but that's the thing. When yeah. I would get when I would yeah. get a decent grade in this class, mm-hmm. I would feel, okay, yeah. I accomplished something here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, there's, there's truly some amazing, amazing faculty. Yeah. I have one more. Yeah, go for it. Our director, Teresa. Ah, oh, of course. Um, no, no, wait. Hold on. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, there's a, not, a, not a lot of people that scare me in this life. Teresa, I will never want to disappoint this woman ever, 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 ever. If, if I agree, if, yeah. <laughs> if, when I remember when we had our evaluation for uh, the House of Friendship, and you know sometimes you try too hard and it 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 just doesn't work. And she was telling me, "Don't try so hard, just do, relax." And she had that serious grandmother face. <laughs> and and shaking the head like no don't do that i will never forget that and i will never want to, d- to disappoint again yeah even when i send an email and let's just say for registration i do something wrong mm-hmm. I, I can see this face looking at me but all jokes aside this is one of the people that i respect the most oh yeah and yeah. is very she's very admirable as a person and yes. uh, so very very kind you know yes so hard working yeah, she's great. It, it, there's not a lot of people that I, I, I really don't want to disappoint in life. Yeah. She's in the top five. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, she's in the top five. That's amazing. And it's amazing for her that she has cultivated that, that, that feeling within her students. Cause I, like, that's what you want as a teacher. You want your, your students to feel that they don't want to disappoint you. <laughs> you no, that's it. And yeah. for, for the future students or first year, second year, third year that are listening, you know, they need to, 
to understand that the the teachers that are in Tesla and in uh, some of them that are in education, for example, Saul Carliner, Yus Khadali, for example, they they are models of what you really want to be. And when you're in class, you, you you kind of see, you know, you have to develop your, develop your own teaching style, but you can learn a lot from the teachers that we've had. That was, uh, yeah, they're they're amazing. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, I really like them. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's fantastic. That's fantastic, and I I totally oh yeah I agree, and I I get you. We have some amazing faculty at Concordia. Bit but don't bit. tell Teresa she scares me. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to to keep that secret, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about how you you feel like your your previous career and your your life experience really served you while doing your studies. Because I mean, you you had a, a whole career before you went yes. into Tesla. So maybe just take some some salient things that you feel you learned from your career that that served you in the program. Organization. What do, what do you mean by that? Being organized, being able to say, okay, Tuesday, I have this reading to do. Wednesday, I have this project to do. Organize yourself, be organized, be able to uphold a schedule, mm-hmm. being able to not let things go awry, to, to, to really be focused on what you have to do. I think that when you have a career in the corporate environment, because everything is so structured, you can bring some aspects to that mm-hmm. to to the classroom. I think that's when you when you are so structured in that kind of environment, when you get to the class you're you're less likely to be distracted. Yeah, I mean organization is uh, the key to success. Yeah, um yeah. you know, sometimes I'm not perfect at it, but it helped me more than if I would have been doing this degree in my 20s. Right. Yeah, I totally, I can totally understand that. And I have heard that echoed uh, that, yeah, organization is, is absolutely foundational. Okay, I want us now also to talk about any kind of critical incident. So what I mean by these critical incidents, of course, are are these moments that like, say, maybe during your internships, maybe we can talk a bit about your internships, you know, Moments that you feel like changed your perception of teaching, because I'm sure like as this was a a lifelong goal of yours, you had a perception of what it is to teach and who you would be as a teacher right before you came into the program, which I'm sure shifted while you were in the program. So so maybe we can talk about this shift in these moments and and when did they occur? Sure. I think that before coming to the program one thing that you're not sure about and that you and you don't know is that there's a lot of planning that goes into being a teacher during the internships you have to plan everything your lesson plans any kind of activities that may not work you have to plan around so many so many factors so there there weren't really incidents but when when i had sometimes that you know, when you have your supervisor saying, okay, this, maybe this is not going to work. This lesson plan is not going to work. Let, let's rework this. Let, let's go over your lesson plan. Let's do this. So those are the kind of incidents that maybe, oh, okay, this is really tough. You know, I'm, I don't want to give up, but it would be easier if I was on a beach in uh, Rio or, uh, sure. some, or, or something like that, yeah, you yeah. know, and just mm-hmm. disappear. But you always got to stay focused. But that that's the really the hard part of it when 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 you're in your internship is to be focused on mm-hmm. the the planning and the amount of things that you need to do because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a lot people think that it's, it's just going on the board and teaching uh, the past present uh, no 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 there's a lot that goes into teaching a lot of planning so mm. that's my biggest incident you can say takeaway yeah yeah like something that was unexpected and then when you encountered it, you, you know, you were like, okay, this is actually a big part of the job that I perhaps didn't foresee. Yeah. Um, or maybe not. No, not really. I think things went really smoothly with yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When it comes to my internships, it went really well when it comes to primary. Well, first of all, the House of Friendship, that was mm-hmm. great. Primary was great. High school was amazing. No, I didn't really have a difficult. I have a lot of, I had a lot of fun doing those. I have mm-hmm. a lot of funny story with, stories with those, but not really any difficulties really it's just the planning part of reworking what i've done when i think okay this is great Mm -hmm. but it's not so great Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay that's interesting wait so talk to me talk to me about that like you've planned something and you have this idea of how it's going to go down so i thought like for example my high school evaluation 
my lesson plan i thought it i i thought it was great but it was missing so much detail so much information that that i had to add but i couldn't see that mm-hmm. but when i looked over things my supervisor said listen why are you not putting this they need to have for example mm-hmm. more clarity on the board more just just put in more information mm-hmm. not a restaurant well so rest- it was very positive for you the internships they were very very positive very, oh very positive I, yeah. have, I have so much I have such good experience with my internships yeah. you have no idea the did, did your internships do you find that they um, pointed you down a particular path like when you during your internships did it make you think okay maybe I want to teach elementary or maybe I want to teach high school or kind of yeah, yeah. because I'm kind of torn now because I'm not sure. <laughs> because I had such a good time in the adults, it was fun. Yeah. Because you know you can have more adult-oriented conversations, st- staying in the the framework of grammar and things like mm-hmm. that. Primary is amazing because you're not expecting that kind of love from those kids. It's beautiful. Yeah, I'll give an example. Mm-hmm. Like not what a month ago, I did substitution uh, for the school next to my house where I did my internship. Once they they saw me walking the door, the kids, I had twenty hugs at the same time. I couldn't get them off me, but and there's no price for that. There, there really is no price for that. It's yeah. it, it, it just warms you and it's it's really nice, you know. Yeah. Then I went to the when I did my high school internship. Now that was something because I felt like you could have more adult conversations with these kids and really have a very big impact on their lives. Mm-hmm. That was very interesting too. So I'm not sure if. I want to do primary or sec five. I, but I love sec five. It was yeah. amazing. I even had a class of calculation, which is uh, autistic. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And there weren't a lot. There were maybe eight kids. Mm-hmm. But the way that these kids were so intelligent, they memorized the book Animal Farm. Imagine. What? And, yeah. And we structured most of the activities around Animal Farm. And mm-hmm. this, is, this is a very advanced book, you know? Yeah. And... Sometimes I would hear them speak and do activities mm-hmm. and, you know, you have you have like a, a tough guy in the classroom like that. At one point, I was getting like teary-eyed because I was, I find that they're so amazing and I wasn't expecting that at all. Like, mm-hmm. like not at all, at all, at all. Yeah. Yeah, it really touched me a lot. Yeah. And even some of the uh, other high school kids, it was, it was really nice to interact with them because even some of them, after when I finished my mm-hmm. internship on my last day, mm-hmm. they came to me and said, okay, sir... Good luck in everything. Uh, I have questions for you. If I want to get into this, what do I do? Uh, what university do you think I should go to if I want to become this and later on? So you see that you kind of change these kids that my CT even told me. She said it's rare that they get like a strong male role model. I want to talk about that. Sure. I want to talk about that sure. because um, so prior to this interview, you expressed that this is something that that's that's important to you and that you feel is lacking in our field, like these strong male role models in teaching. Yeah, can you can you elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. Okay, I don't know if it's supposedly correct what I'm going to say, but hey, I pull no punches. I'm, I'm me, you know. There's a lot of things that are lacking in the school system from what I see. Boys don't have men to look up to, to see that I can make mistakes in life, but I can also be successful and I could be a person that have that has a lot of values. The same things for girls. The girls that don't see a strong male figure that can tell them, listen, girls, you guys could be just as good as the boys. I want you to focus on whatever mm-hmm. whatever you want to be. I got into that classroom. I was very transparent about with them. I, If they had questions for me, mm-hmm. I, I, I told them right away, ask me whatever you want, but you're going to respect me. Mm-hmm. And if you respect me, we're going to have a lot of fun. And if you try, I'm going to try harder to help you. Because mm-hmm. I was there in April, May, which was preparing them for the ministry exam. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot. I I had a big job to do with my internship. I couldn't fool around or just do any kind of lesson plan and anything like that. And we had to talk about serious topics, you know. So I treated them as adults. I treated them as people that have value, mm-hmm. and they they uh, they respected that. I remember the first day they they asked me, sir, okay, what do you do in life? Uh, you know what are your hobbies who 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 are your idols so i told them martial arts is my life uh i made these mistakes in life i'm going back to school i'm 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 getting my degree mm-hmm. it shows that you can have a different path in life and just gave them a lot of my life story you know mm-hmm. and they respected that yeah they really respected that 
Yeah. And some of the the male students that before were not interacting, mm-hmm. little by little. Mm-hmm. I remember this one kid. I can't remember his name. And he's a huge kid too. He's like, I don't know, seven foot 15. I don't know. Jesus. And, uh, <laughs> this kid's a giant. <laughs> yeah, a giant. But he was so quiet. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, he, he didn't interact a lot with the, the material that the other teacher was, was, was showing. It? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just had a different approach, a you know, more personal approach with them. Mm-hmm. I remember the one day he came up to me and said, sir, what's your favorite movie franchise? Small things like that. Yeah. You catch them. You catch them. There's this one girl. I, I remember a beautiful girl. But because of that, she would sometimes be bothered by a lot of guys. And she went through a lot of stuff in her history. She moved, I think, 21 times in her life. Oh, my God. Yeah. So she went through a lot of things, you know. Mm-hmm. She came up to me one time and said, oh, sir, you, you think I, I really want to go to CJP University. You think maybe I should go into the army? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of my closest friends, he did a career change as well in his 30s. And he went to the army. And I was mm-hmm. working uh, for the Coast Guard, actually. Oh, yeah. So I, I recommended to her, I said, listen, look into this. This is the information you need to, to look into. Mm-hmm. You know, my last day, she said, sir, I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to. That's truly amazing to and... feel like that kind of, that kind of impact, you know, because I think, I think students and I, at least I definitely felt this way. You know, you want to see teachers who you feel that you can, that you can relate to, you know, that you mm-hmm. see yourself in them. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the kind of teacher that. I want to establish myself is, we'll put it this way, okay? Yeah, I want to hear your, your teaching philosophy and how you see yourself as a teacher. Yeah. So let's just say, I'll give you two. Let's mm-hmm. just say we're in, a, in an ocean, right? I, I'm the teacher. I'm not only the great white shark, I'm a megalodon. So I'm the alpha predator there. I'm the alpha, right? You will go by my rules, but if you go by my rules... I'm going to show you a lot of love. We're going to laugh. We're going to have fun. And like I said, if you try, I'm going to try harder to help you and do and, and help you as much as I can. So I think that's be strong. You know, it's like the ti- like a tiger in a jungle. You know, a uh, classroom is like a jungle. You know, you need to create that hierarchy. Hmm. And that's why I was talking about male figures, because sometimes you have some people going to the classroom and they're soft. But you can be soft in a classroom because the things that you're going to hear in a classroom and kids will test you. So if you're not a strong person, and if you take everything offensive, and you want to cry about everything, that's not a place for you, because you, you're going to get, get burned out very easy. Kids are going to test you. Your biggest opponent in life is going to be those kids. I mean, that's something that a lot of, especially new teachers, struggle with, is, is basically not taking their the emotional baggage of their work home with them. You know, it's a, it's a very tough thing to contend with. Yeah. There you go. So... You cannot, you cannot, whether it be man, woman, dog, cat, frog, whatever, you cannot be soft when you get into that classroom because you need to be the model for those kids. Do you believe in, in fake it till you make it? No, because you have to be real. Because okay. kids... kids. But, but what if you don't feel that way? What if what if you you don't feel that? You know, you're starting to teach and, and of course you have doubts because you're yeah. just starting. Everyone will have doubts. Yeah. So how do you... How do you because what I'm what I'm hearing now is you're saying you you just can't be that way. But but what are the tools? Like how do you not be that way? You work on yourself. How do you get a how do you get a 315 deadlift? You start with maybe 10 pounds, then you go 25, a 45. Mm-hmm. You add, you add, you add. You have to work on yourself. You have to work on your class management. You have to work on how you handle situations. It's hard. Yeah. The job is hard. It's not easy whatsoever. But the exciting part about it is that you develop while you're on that job. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most exciting um, aspects of teaching mm-hmm. is that you're going to change and you're going to improve. You're going you're gonna to become better. You're going to become a better teacher. You're going to become a better person, a better friend, a better parent. You're, you're going to change. Hopefully, it's going to be a change for the better. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, an evolution, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think also part of that is is really recognizing that it's a change and that it's an evolution and you can't beat yourself up. Teresa said this to me recently, actually. The beginning, you're surviving and you got to recognize that you're surviving. You're not at that point where perhaps you're thriving yet. And that's okay because you have to build up to that point 
uh, when you are thriving. You have to build up to it and you can't beat yourself up for not immediately being there. No, exactly. Yeah. And By the way, easier said than done, eh? Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying these things, but uh, easier said than done, you know? <laughs> but it goes back to the analogy of the animals I was talking about. Mm-hmm. First, you're a cub, right? And you're not sure of yourself, but then you grow up and you grow up and then you become the predator. You become the the alpha of that jungle or ocean or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a development that you have to go through. When you're starting off, you're starting off from zero. Yeah. You're yeah. really starting and, from and zero. And then you got to recognize that too, eh? You're, you're... Oh, you have to. If you don't, that's the biggest mistake that you can do. If you if you don't recognize your your weaknesses and the things that you need to work on, and work on it. There's ways to work on it. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, maybe this sounds a bit corny, but it's almost like there's there's strength in in understanding and knowing your your weaknesses. I find and yeah, and of course, acknowledging them. Yeah. Oh, easier said than done, people. Okay, like I'm saying these <laughs> things, but not it's not easy for sure. And you know, and and another thing Teresa said <laughs> that stuck with me is that becoming an expert is is a process. Like. You're never going to get to a point where you're like, okay, I've arrived. Yeah, You know, it's it's just, it's constant. It's constant learning, constant learning. I think so too. Yeah. So I think that you're never, you're never truly satisfied with with who you are and your progression. Mm -hmm. Because I think that once you see yourself and you say, okay, I'm perfect now. Maybe that's when you're actually devolving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you now. If you have, I mean, this whole interview has kind of been advice, but I really want you to think, you know, you're addressing someone who is starting off the TESOL program. What do you say to them? They're starting the program. So dear uh, first year students, this is my advice to you. Be patient, be very organized, make friends, get a support system, learn how Moodle works. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do your readings on time. Actually, no, do them in advance, actually. Mm. That's really, really important because when you miss one, it's a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's hard to stop that snowball. Yeah, um, real talk. <laughs> I would say get familiar with the resource center now since it's something that... Uh, oh, yeah, guys, like, hello, you know. <laughs> yeah, get in touch with us because truly, I'm going to take this moment to plug the resource center we're here. If there's any kind of resource you think you need, our job is literally to create it for you. Okay. So please come to us and say, Hey, I need X, Y, Z where that's our job. We're here to, to make that for you. Oh, so speaking of resource center, I know we were talking about uh, memorable teachers before. I forgot one. Sorry. Yeah. Lisa Gonzalez. That was my girl. She was my, that was my TA. Oh in, yeah. Uh, with uh, practicum 326. Yeah. 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 She, Oh, she's amazing. She, okay, she's our mentorship coordinator. She's the one who develops our mentorship program. Um, getting a mentor is probably one of the most valuable things that you can do at the beginning of your career. Truly. Like, you should, you should, you really should. Um, mm-hmm. I 100% recommend it. Uh, I, I would even want to be a mentor as well because I remember how hard it was for when I started. Yeah, make it easier for yourself. Get as much information as you can before you start. I'm just floating this idea, you know, just tell me what you think about this, Reagan. What do you think about a program where you have like fourth year students who are paired with first year students? I was going to get to that. I think that actually (laughs) there should, we should develop a program where fourth year students, we actually help the first year students even before they start their first class. Mm -hmm. There should be maybe a a seminar or a a one-day training or just something Mm -hmm. to get you familiar with the material Mm -hmm. so that once you step into that first class, Mm -hmm. it's not overwhelming because it it can be depending what kind of personality you have, what kind of person you are. What do you mean with the material? Do you mean material for a particular class or do you mean material like like Moodle, like like that kind of thing? Moodle, readings. Like just how to prepare to be a student. Yeah, exactly. What a lesson plan looks like. Let's look at the the, uh, meta site together so you know where to get your information mm-hmm. all these things fourth year students should invest in helping the the first year ones because it's i'm gonna float that with my team because that's something that we can <laughs> we can work on and i totally see the the value tell in tell, that. tell lisa i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tell lisa yeah tell her because i'm her favorite so tell her <laughs> 
Well, I'm going to talk to Lisa after this. Okay, that was some really crystal clear advice that you that you gave right there. So really, thank you, thank you for that. Oh wait, there's, yep. there's other oh, there's, things. Oh, oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. I'm I'm yep. I'm sorry. I ideas pop in my head. Yeah. Personally, mm-hmm. that's very important as a first year, and also anyone that's in the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, be mindful, be healthy, because you don't want to burn out. Eat well, have hobbies, exercise your body as much as your mind, mm-hmm. focus on positive things, sleep, <laughs> sleep, you know, try to get a seven, eight hours yeah. each day. I know that's tough with assignments, but really try it. It's going to help you out in the long run. You'll look as young as me. Um, <laughs> but you know, all these things are very holistic, eh? Like... um Part of having a good sleep schedule is is like having a mentor, for example. You yeah. know what I mean? Like because they're going to take the pressure off in in some way. Like everything is is interconnected. Exactly. Yeah. Every, every everything is connected. Is is you know you have to take care of yourself mentally yeah. and physically. It, it it all goes together. So Reagan, uh, before we finish, I I have two more questions for you. Okay. First, I want to talk about the pandemic. Okay. Because yes. because now we're we're coming out of the pandemic. Um, but you did a lot of your degree during the pandemic, which, you know, obviously just bouleversed. <laughs> it just flipped all of our, our lives upside down. So I want to talk about um, what that was like for you to do the program during the pandemic. So you have to take into account that I started the program fall 2019. Mm-hmm. Pandemic started March 2020. 2020. Yeah, oh, yeah. 2020. And... It just it just ended, right? So yeah, t- technically, you know, <laughs> te- technically, yeah, yeah. And there there was some good and some bad. So the good, mm-hmm. first of all, I I had I got good grades. I got really good grades because the curfew from eight to midnight that was my study time. Fantastic. I would get everything done: yeah. readings, assignments, homework. Everything was done between. 8 p.m. until midnight, I was... That like what else hours. are you going to do? What else are you going to do, you know? Yeah, it's there's, like... no, there's only so much working at home that you can do or yeah. uh, watching Netflix, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was my time. I had really good grades. I was really happy with my performance. That was one of the positives. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a negative side, now this is more personal. So basically before I was uh, engaged, mm-hmm. but it was difficult during the pandemic because I couldn't travel, right? Mm-hmm. I, I remember 2021, the first day of the semester, the first, first day, uh, we separated, unfortunately. So oh, uh, it was mentally, it was very hard. You start your semester again, because that's when we went back into, during the pandemic. Uh, it, it, uh, the curfew? Lockdown. 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 Exactly. Lockdown. <laughs> See, I want to forget. Oh, I man, we're, forget we're that. already forgetting the words. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. So we're in lockdown, right? So yeah. you're alone with your thoughts. You have heavy classes to do. You have a, you just lost the most important person in your life, right? Oh my God. So it was really, really, uh, it's very difficult. And it was to test to see if, okay, is this for me? Is this really, am I going to be able to, to get through this, to get the grades that I need, to be able to pass, to focus, to, because just, just going by day by day was very difficult. Mm-hmm. And especially with, school that's, it, that's crazy yeah to it, overcome it, yeah it, wow it, yeah it was very very uh trying time yeah mentally you know mm-hmm. and it kind of affected me also physically a bit yeah but um you have to go through it you know you have to do, do you find it it cemented your resolve you yeah know? for sure because it makes you a stronger person you know mm-hmm. i think god put me on this world on this earth to to be a teacher and to help people and to contribute to society you know and a lot of even my close friends don't know this. I'm, sh- I'm sharing this on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. But even the, the last conversation I had w- with uh, ex-fiance, mm-hmm. and uh, she said, listen, we can't talk anymore. It's just too much, you know, because you can't travel. So you're coming back and forth and I could not see you. And there's pandemic. So this, it's, it's too difficult. But you're going to f- pursue a dream there's no way that you're not going to finish this degree you have to finish the degree this degree is for you mm-hmm. and you have to finish your degree you have to mm-hmm. that's the last words you know so it's it was a motivation too from a loss but it was a motiv- motivation to to remember that other people believe in you you know i had a good support system 
had a lot of my close friends that they really believe in me and they said, you know, you can, this is for you. You, you were born to, to do this. You don't shut up. So <laughs> you should be a teacher or, uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. you're an entertainer, a showman. So yeah, uh, so it, it, it was difficult, but it's still difficult actually, but you, you have to do it because if it's your calling, you can't, you can't say no to your calling, right? I want to talk about that. Sure. First, thank thank you for for sharing that with us because I mean that's another thing that I think maybe not that people would be in the exact same situation because that's a very particular circumstance. It's the pandemic and it's yeah. you know your 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 ex fiance and all this stuff. Um, but but I'm sure people can relate to having like very difficult external circumstances while they're doing their degree and and how they approach that. You know. Um, okay, you mentioned a few times, uh, I'm born to do this. This yeah. is my calling. Uh, so I want to end this episode with that philosophical question, which is, do you think teachers are born or are they made? So what I mean by that is, do you think that people have innate qualities that destine them to be great teachers? Or do you think that teachers are, are molded into great teachers? Or do you think both? Hmm. It's like the question of uh, causality, it seems Yeah, like. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I think both, actually. Because, let's put it this way. An Olympic athlete is molded into greatness, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on who they have around them. Because no one does anything that high level on their own. Even even me, with my training, I've, I was able to... I met teachers and Olympians that, that helped. So I was molded. But there's some people that it's just in them. I, 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 what, what do you mean it's in them? Like the drive to do it is in them? Well, that's why I say it's both. Because even though I say I was molded, I was molded and pushed towards, okay, this should be your avenue in life. But I've always been someone that wanted to be helpful. I was always wanted to be someone that has good value. I was wanted to be someone that... Like talk a lot or a showman, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think these things are all qualities. Like they were things that you always enjoyed. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you take things that you enjoy and you put it towards something that you're working towards, that is not really working. So you can do both. Some people, they're born with this ability to just connect with other people, mm-hmm. to talk nonstop, to just able to teach something mm-hmm. once and the other person will get it or you have the other person that may not know that they have these skills but they have people around them that molds them mm-hmm. you know and who see it maybe and who sees it mm-hmm. and okay i want you to do this in this way okay no i want you to maybe try something else mm-hmm. and then they mold you and they push you towards something that you would never think that you mm-hmm. would be interested in mm-hmm. So I think it's both. And you have to understand that teachers have many qualities. There's not two teachers that are the same. Everyone is different, right? So their their trajectory and how they became a teacher Mm -hmm. will be completely different. So I think in this case, it's both. Either either you're born with it or you can be molded. Mm -hmm. Of course, when you're molding someone to be a teacher and then they go, for example, into their internship... Then it's make or break. Then you decide if this is for you or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think enjoyment is a huge, huge part of it. Funny that you say that because when it comes to enjoyment, if you enjoy what you're doing, you're never going to work a day in your life. But enjoyment is also like there's different qualities of, of enjoyment, I find, because it's it's not a dichotomy with working hard. You know, like you like there is a joy in, in working hard. Yeah, you there know, is, of course. Yeah. The reward. Yeah. That medal. Yeah. That trophy. Yeah. Who doesn't want that reward? It's a, it's a self-fulfilling reward that you have. When you see that you reach the kid, mm-hmm. you know that, okay, I did something great. Yeah. When when I was with some of those, the group Relation, the Sec 5, the autistic group, and one of those kids, he, he put out his hand to give me a fist bump, you know, one day, because mm-hmm. he was just... We had a good relation and he understood what, what I what I was uh, showing him. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That that's worth that's worth a lot, you know? Yeah. I yeah. remember this one in primary, this one little girl, she's misbehaving. I, I would ask a question and she would answer always nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Like, okay. 
So I said, okay. So we were doing a, uh, we're doing, I think a Kahoot, mm-hmm. but it was like a grammar challenge. So I say, okay, you miss nothing. Come here. Uh, she came. I said, okay, I want you to handle the laptop every time. I want you to change the screen. Mm-hmm. So even though, you know, I, I kind of told her, okay, well, if you're not going to say nothing, don't answer, please. But then I let her participate mm-hmm. and give her value to show that, no, you're still important, mm-hmm. but, but I want you to the lesson. Mm-hmm. She looked at me and said, oh, I, I love you. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because cause I, I put a bit of value in, 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 into her. So it's, it's, it's strange sometimes the things that, that they can say. This uh, this one kid again. Uh, sorry for the stories. No, it's, no, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, they're they're very fun actually. This one kid, he was talking nonstop, mm-hmm. nonstop. So I was gonna lose it. <laughs> no joke, I was gonna lose it. Mm-hmm. But then something clicked. I said, okay, no. So I say, Samim, I know, I know why you talk so much. Sarcastic goes, why, sir? Samim, you need either a wife or a girlfriend to talk to. I'm sure he. <laughs> How did he respond to that? In grade three, he said, oh my God, Wait, sir. Wait, grade, grade three? Grade three. Grade three. He said, sir, yes, please. I I, 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 would, I would like... Okay, so I said, okay, Samim, we'll talk about it. I need you to focus on what we're doing now. <laughs> okay, sir, no problem. But after we can talk about it, yes, Samim, it's no problem. What do you think he did? He focused on his lesson. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's... Yeah, some of the yeah, some some of the things that I do is a bit unorthodox because I t- I talk to them like if they're adults. Mm-hmm. I don't like to baby them. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to make to make them feel like if they're you're less important or mm-hmm. uh in high school this one kid he was very outspoken and he would stand up instead of sitting down. So we're talking about very deep subjects that we they had to write about. So I told him, I said, Okay, listen, first of all, sit down when you're in the class. You're not at a bar, why are you standing up? Mm-hmm. So it's okay, sir. But I, w- and he was interrupting, interrupting. I said, listen, I'm the adult here. You're the kid. You're going to listen to me. I'll let you speak, but be respectful of everyone else. And I want to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. But when I'm speaking, don't ever interrupt me. He understood. And after he came after class, he said, oh, sir, uh, thanks for letting me say what I want to say because sometimes I get so frustrated with how people see me mm-hmm. and I don't know what to, to say and don't know how to express it. And I had a talk with him. I said, listen, you need to, you need to relax. You need to chill a bit. You learn to, to express yourself different. Appreciated that. And the other teachers had problems with him, but with me, he was okay. I can tell you're a great teacher. <laughs> no, I, I, I can. I can tell you're a great teacher. It, I, it feels almost useless to say, like, I, I wish you the best of luck because you'll be great. Thanks. I appreciate it. You know, it. like, truly, you're, you're going you're gonna to be great. And I think no matter where you teach, if you end up teaching in elementary school and high school, to adults internationally, who know, who knows? But uh, yeah, probably I'll teach internationally. Yeah, I think, uh, that's what you want to do. Yeah, I think the first year I'll probably. Where do you want to go? I probably want to go to to Brazil to just do community teaching there to just give back to the community mm-hmm. and help kids that don't have the the chance or the privilege to mm-hmm. be able to expose to good good language so they can maybe improve themselves yeah. and. and and have a better life. Like so, you you so part of it is really giving them this this very tangible skill. Yeah, because use. yeah, because yeah. I believe la- with language, why I chose Tesla to begin with, because language is an avenue to go around the world. Mm-hmm. In the English language is the most spoken language in the world, right? Okay, it's freedom. Yeah, so mm-hmm. if you're able to speak English, you can have a job in North America. Mm-hmm. You can better your life. So I see it that way that if if I go internationally and I help these kids to learn English, you know, maybe they can better themselves and have a better life for themselves. That's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. Then I'll probably go permanently, probably to Japan, probably. Oh yeah. Yeah, I really love the country. Oh, I love Japan. Yeah, I really. Love you should the uh, check out the the and same for listeners. If you have any interest in teaching in Japan, you should check out the Jet yes, program. Yeah. Well, one more thing to say for the potential first year students when yeah yeah students. go for it and it's really important so you know we we joked around a lot well me i joked around not you um <laughs> take this as really one of one of the best advice i can tell you your grades there are some people that will have straight a's and everything and you'll compare yourself to them you'll have maybe c plus b plus and a minus don't compare yourself to others do the best that you can because you do want good grades. You want to be able to do that master's degree if you want to. But when it comes, when you're in a classroom, 
some of those people that have A plus are not going to be as good as you that has a C plus because you just have that ability to touch people in different ways that others can't. Mm -hmm. So focus a lot, a lot on, yes, of course, getting good grades, but focus on you. Don't compare yourself to other people. It's great advice for life. Uh, I mean, even beyond Tessel. You, you laid down some real talk there. Some, <laughs> no, really, really, for real, you know, and, and it's like, it's, it's a very valuable perspective. It's a Thank very, you. very valuable perspective. And I'm really happy we did this interview. Um, like I said, I, I don't even want to say like the best of luck. You're going to, you'll, Thank you. you'll be wonderful because you don't, it's not luck. Like you're going to, you're, gonna, you're a wor- hardworking <laughs> guy, you know, and um, I just hope that you really, you achieve what you set out to achieve. I will because it's, it's my focus and I, and I, I need to succeed. Mm-hmm. You, I have that need and I have to. So I, I really appreciate the, the, come, the forum to come on here to speak to the rest of uh, my colleagues, the teachers, show my appreciation, give a bit of my background. So yeah, like I said, this is part of my, uh, one of my bucket lists, uh, being on oh, a podcast. Man, you, you can, you can cross it off. I, I won't forget you guys when I'm on Joe Rogan. Don't worry. <laughs> You'll you'll always be in our little corner of the internet, you know? Yeah. Um, And also to the listeners, you know, this platform, this is open for you too. If you want your voice to be heard um, by the Tesla community through this platform, I mean, everyone has something very important to contribute. Just be be yourself and be honest. And uh, you can always reach out to the Tesla Resource Center. You can contact me via any of the Tesla Resource Center's channels. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. I mean, our email address. We always, always, always want to hear from members of this community. Reagan, thank you so much. Thank you. It was, a, it was a pleasure. I had a lot of fun. It was a great conversation. And uh, yeah, guys, go on the podcast. It's amazing. Yeah, do it. Just do it, guys. Tesla has a lot of characters. You don't know, but... Uh, I, want, I want to meet these characters. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, so thank you. Thank you. Take care.